So hello everyone, good morning everyone. Uh, thank you again for uh, coming along to our Sunday morning. I'm Raj, I'm one of the elders here at Jubilee. If you've got a Bible, we're just going to quickly read. Um, if you've got a Bible, we're going to quickly read, scroll, whatever you uh, do. If you can turn to Ephesians 1, Ephesians 1. Um, if you want to remember how to find Ephesians 1, it's go eat peaches and cream. Galatians, oh God, go eat Ephesians, Philippians, go eat peaches and cream. Oh, yeah, forget it. There you go. That, I hope that was helpful. Um, Ephesians 1, let's read the Apostles Paul's intro to this amazing book. This is how he starts. Paul, an apostle. That means one who is sent. Uh, on kingdom mission of Christ Jesus <laughs> by the will of God, not his own bright idea, but the one who saved him. To God's holy people, you and me, who are set apart together for him. In, in Ephesus, in Teesside, in Turkey, in Ghana, in this nation and the nations. <laughs> the faithful in Christ who trust and cherish and persevere and find joy in him. He says, grace, the unmerited favor and blessing of God and peace and intimacy and closest, closeness to God like you could never imagine what we just talked about there. Grace and peace to you from our Lord, from God, our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. So this is going to be our new sermon series for the next few months. Do Namis, the power of God from where we get the modern day word dynamite, explosion. Helen talked about that uh, not so long ago, didn't she? At one of our prayer meetings. Like many of you, we've been praying and seeking wisdom and asking questions throughout the whole of this lockdown in the midst of uncertainty and pause. God has been in somehow drawing back the curtains on many things, I think. Lots of us have been saying and hearing and calling for the church to be different once we're out on the other side, which can I say, I think it's going to take a bit, little bit longer than we think, even though we're having nightclub gatherings. I don't think God is done or finished with us yet. I genuinely believe that. But over this time, I've been particularly impacted by what Phil Moore said when looking at the, uh, the bit in Acts where Paul encounters a lame man begging for money and uh, sorry, Peter encounters uh, a lame man begging for money. And he says, silver and gold I do not have, but what I do have, I give to you in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Power, dunamis, walk. I think that is going to be the mark of the church going forward, Jubilee. In these unprecedented times, God has been weaning us off the silver and gold. We've said that before, that we've come to rely on. The things we've become over familiar with, the things, um, the things that distract us from God sometimes. He shut down our buildings uh, and programs and processes and scattered us into our communities and friendships through technology and other creative ways as well as meeting needs, as well as giving us the space to breathe and pray. Things are different now. The church has left the building, the tent has been stretched wide, and the dam has burst. All prophetic words over us over this last season. God's stick of dynamite jubilee is about to blow. Hear this, 
I think God is pressing reboot, isn't he? I think a lot of people are talking in that way. He's calling us to reconsider what the church is meant to be, what marks us out as unique and set apart. And the big distinctive, I think, is this. God lives in us, his church. That's, that, that's, that's a phenomenal thing. We are fragile pots carrying an immense treasure full of dynamis, dynamite power. And this season ahead is, is about pouring out all over the place what is overflowing within. In the name of Jesus Christ, walk power, be provided for, be consoled, stand strong, be courageous, see poverty lifted, let the nations be glad and let men and women rise in the call of God in their lives. Let the church be an extraordinary welcome uh, to people of all backgrounds and pasts and presence. Presence. Let Teesside be known for revival. Let the church be, um, let, let the church be known for compassion, especially in the margins. Let Alpha burst at the seams with new life, power, dynamis, bang. So as we go through this book over the next few months, have that at the forefront of your minds and prayers and faithfulness to God. This phenomenal book written in AD 62 in a lockdown prison in Rome, interestingly, about 30 years after Jesus' death and resurrection, calls to us, I think, big faith in the power of God, spirit of God, break out, we cry. And it is he who will mark this church first and foremost as we emerge to the greater things of God. Jubilee, do you have faith for that? How will we do that? Well, I think lots of words. So let me give you a few as we talk about the power of God, the Holy Spirit. Firstly, I think he will bring new life to this church and others. Question, who's seen someone rise from the dead? I have. Well, Ephesians 2.4 certainly tells me I have anyway. God being rich in mercy because because of his great love with which he loved us, even when we were dead in our the wrongdoings, made us alive together with Christ. I've seen lots of you rise from the dead. It's been amazing. Some of you have joined us through Alpha and our foundation sessions over the last 18 months. Over this lockdown period, I've been so amazed at how the gospel has lit sparks in people's lives. Just last week, Jonathan's brother-in-law gave his life to Jesus on Zoom. You'd have never have predicted it, would you? What's also amazing was that his mom had been praying for him for years, or his mom-in-law, I can't remember. Another young mom said, that before I joined Alpha, I was hostile to Jesus and hostile to the church. In fact, so much so that when you, she was talking to me, when you talked about your kids being part of the church, I was fearful for them. They're going to be brainwashed. That's what she said last week. But now, 10 weeks on, as I've come through Alpha, also known as the power of God for salvation, the gospel, I've changed totally to the point where I now 
almost, almost want my kids to know the same things. This young lady has been telling her friends and neighbours about it. She's been having conversations with her husband. That's just our group. There were quite a few other groups with similar stories. Jubilee, as we emerge in the power of God, he wants us to know that he can and will miraculously change the lives of those around us. Not in our power, but in his power, in his way, and he will get our attention. <clears throat> if you're a relatively new Christian, you might have thought it was your idea, your choice to choose a relationship with Jesus wrong. God did it. God drew you closer. God went out of his way to save you before you even thought about it. God initiates that process in our life. If you're not a Christian then here this morning, that could happen to you today if you invite this Jesus in. Say sorry for all the things that have separated you from him. And then rush into the ever, ever, uh, the, the beautiful arms of Jesus. Romans 8 11 says, if the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead is living in you, he who raised Christ from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies through his spirit who lives in you. Secondly, he will assure us. I'm sure of it. He will assure us that we are on the inside. We heard a little bit about that from Gavin, myself and Mariam today. Ephesians 1.5 says he chose us to be adopted as his sons through Jesus Christ in accordance with pleasure, with his pleasure and will. That's a radical statement. And you know why I've said it often enough, because it's mind blowing. In Paul's day, only the sons got the inheritance. But Paul is shaking people with a new reality. You and me. Now all of us who put our trust in Jesus become eternal inheritors of the blessings and riches of God the Father. Doesn't, doesn't matter anymore whether you're a man or you're a woman, old or young, every tribe, every tongue, every class, every background, every scar, every scandal, whatever your past looks like, no one is excluded. Everyone is released. I believe, I believe this is a season um, where our black brothers and sisters will come together and bring multicolored blessing to this church and all around. If that's you, you are not just welcome here, but we want you to fruit and grow and lead and bring God to all of us in a more beautiful and glorious way. Don't hold back. This is your church. We need you if we're going to build church right. Ephesians 2.18 says, for through him we were both, all of us, uh, have access to the Father by one spirit. We all have access through Jesus. We have royal blood running through our veins, Jubilee. We are sons of the King right there on the inside. Hallelujah. Jesus said, I will ask the Father and he will give you another advocate to help you and be with you forever, the spirit of truth. That word advocate, or you've heard me say this before, parakaleo in the Greek means comforter, helper, um, a friend who comes alongside like parallel, like the word parallel. But also on the other hand, that kaleo bit at the end means to declare, to call, to argue with you even. There's a soft side to him comforting you, but there's also a hard side arguing with you, debating with you, challenging you, 
getting you away, getting you prepared for the unexpected jubilee. We need this parakaleo advocate, powerful God who never shirks his responsibility. As we emerge, I believe he wants us to be flexible and faith-filled. I don't know how we're going to meet going forwards, but for quite a lot of you, I do know that at first you might not fully, fully like it compared to what it was before. Maybe. Mainly because it's going to be change. It's not how we do things here. We've never done this before. That will never work. What about our kids? Church has always been like that. I'm going to tell Jeremy and Anna about you, Raj. I get that. I get that. I'm partly joking, but it is serious. Change is always difficult. But get this. Throughout biblical history, Jubilee, we have always been a nomadic, changing, on-the-go moving people. Hebrews reminds us about Abraham, doesn't he? By faith, he made his home in the promised land like a stranger in a foreign country. He lived in tents. This isn't butlins. This is difficult. As did Isaac and Jacob, who were heirs with him of the same promise. Yes, change is tough. It's going to be tough. Unfamiliar is often unsettling. But what is important, what gets us through, what helps us move on is the promise, is the promise. I love what Philip Greenslade, a Bible teacher, writes about Abraham. He says, obeying the promise of God, Abraham went out, taking off his slippers. He put his walking shoes on again. The promise of God often uproots us raises many eyebrows, ruins many careers. It leaves fishing businesses managerless and, hang, and hangs situation vacant signs in tax office windows. We've been watching the uh, Chosen movie. Well, I've been watching it with joy and that's exactly what happened. <laughs> you see, Jubilee, you are his disciples too. In this next season, I believe he is asking you to be faith-filled flexible and courageous not glass half empty but overflowingly full and um, showing what we have on the inside jesus said as the father sent me he was full of the spirit as the father sent me i'm sending you thirdly god the holy spirit in this next season will shape our churches as we emerge by pointing to jesus all the time <clears throat> more so than before. Ephesians 3.16, I pray that out of his glorious riches, he may strengthen you with power through his spirit in your inner being so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. That was the kind of church the apostles experienced when they moved out of their locked doors, lockdown situation in the upper room as they were set free on the day of Pentecost. That's coming in the church calendar soon, isn't it? They emerged with power pointing to Jesus. This really got me the other morning as, um, as I was sitting on a, um, a UK apostolic team gathering meeting when Steve Hurd, uh, in his very, those of you who met Steve Hurd, he leads a local, he leads our kind of evangelistic uh, movement across Christ Central. In his straight to the point evangelistic provocative style said, how much do you hate your friends for you not to tell them about Jesus? Yikes. 
Listen, Jesus loves your friends, colleagues, family, neighbors. He does. And not he, he doesn't just love them with a kind of um, bunch of flowers kind of love or a box of chocolates kind of love. No way. It's a love that moves him from heavenly glory and worship to earth, to become flesh. A love that strips him from kingly majesty, <clears throat> kingly majesty and honor to be an infant who trips up, grazes his knee, vomits, soils his nappy. A love that moves him from the everlasting intimacy of his father to facing temptation of all kinds, misunderstanding, bereavement and rejection from the throne room of heaven to a cross barely recognizable with welts on his face, mocked, abandoned, denied, betrayed, humiliated from sinless perfection to shouldering the wrath of God for all our lies and lusts and pride and envy and greed, totally alone, totally forsaken, like never in his life before. All for you and me. Do you really know how much Jesus loves you? How will God the Holy Spirit shape our churches post lockdown? He will bring new life to them, as we said. He will assure us that we are on the inside. He will unceasingly point us and others to Jesus and the great love that he has for us. Fourthly, he will bring the Bible, the truth of God, more and more alive in us here and now. Ephesians 3, 4 says, in this, in, in reading this, then you will be able to understand my insight into the mystery of Christ, which was not made known to people in other generations, as it has now been revealed by the spirit to God's holy people, holy apostles and prophets. You see, Jubilee, God, the Holy Spirit is the spirit of truth. He's the one who breathed life and truth into the Bible. That's how Jesus and the apostles used to talk about scripture. Scripture speaks prophetically to us today. Worshipping in spirit and truth doesn't segregate those two things to opposite ends of the room. They are not fighting one another. We are not trying to achieve some beautiful compromise, some kind of ungodly balance. No way. As we seek God, uh, as we seek God, we open our Bibles, asking, crying out to God, the Holy Spirit, to guide us, to shape us, to surprise us through his revelation of himself and his ways written down for us to see. Then they are in no way in tension with uh, each other. Christ is alive through his book, through this book presently by the dunamis power of the spirit. What a God. What a God. Jubilee tonight at our prayer meeting, think about the passages of scripture that God is speaking to the church about in these days. What uh, will you do that for us? Will you really think about that over the day? And then, and then very boldly be prepared tonight to share with all of us what God is saying. Colossians 3.16 says, let the word of Christ richly inhabit your lives. This isn't just a book. He's moving, this God is moving the furniture around. Fifthly, he will help us pray. He will help us pray. Ephesians 6.18 says, and pray in the spirit on 
all occasions with all kinds of prayers and requests. Boy, do we need this, don't we? As I shared uh, with you on our Vision Spotlights talks um, some months ago over this lockdown period, I felt God said to me, prayer isn't just a thing for a calendared meeting, but rather it is to be part of our whole life church experience. In all our programming, we must never become over familiar with the reality and privilege and power that in prayer we are listening and speaking to God. That's what that's what we are do. That's what we're going to be doing tonight at this prayer meeting, friends. As we invite a really good friend, Bless Anne from City Church Sheffield, who oversees churches in India to pray for God's healing and God's transformation in that nation. He's recently had some bad news in the midst of the terrible crisis that is going on there. We cannot do this on our own, but God can do amazing things in and through you and me what a privilege romans 8 says god's spirit is right alongside us helping us along if we don't know how or what to pray it doesn't matter he does our praying in and for us he knows us far better than we know ourselves and keeps us present before god jubilee he's gonna transform us too from one degree of glory to the next do you believe that Ephesians 2.22, and in him you two are being built together to become a dwelling in which God lives by his spirit. That is a mind-blowing concept and reality. Through this treasured, precious relationships, he makes us more and more like him. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, uh, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control, gushing, 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 fruits of the spirit, doing his stuff in us, changing those around us. That's how Jesus lived, didn't he? And, and you know what? God's promise is that we too, 2 Corinthians 3, we too are being transformed into his likeness with ever increasing glory which comes from the lord who is the spirit fact changing zeros to heroes you and me question who do you look like because generally those who you are closest to shape you the most think about that boldness and joy finally seven god the holy spirit will give us a boldness and joy in this next season he will i know he will ephesians 1 13 says this when you believed you were marked in him with a seal the promised holy spirit which everyone can see by the way even if you're trying to hide it who is a deposit guaranteeing our inheritance until the redemption of those who are god's possession why? To the praise of his glory. God has revealed our clear path going forwards. God is building strong foundations. Who, uh, who we are, our culture, our values, our we values, what people bump into when they bump into us, the soil from which we grow. God is building this church, his church, around four characteristics, isn't, isn't he? We've talked about them lots over the last few months. We rejoice we welcome, we inspire, we go. That's who we are. And in that shaping and molding process of us individually and together, he is calling us collectively, what? 
to bring the joy news of Jesus to everyone everywhere. A gospel that transforms and heals and restores and challenges and shakes and refines and unifies the little bit of world that we're called to make a difference in, to God um, both here and abroad. What does that look like for us? Well, in the midst of lots of good things that we do in other churches, God has, if you remember, spotlighted for us specifically prayer everywhere. Worship, everyone worship, God's word in everything. A multicolored family, that's not just skin color, that's all sorts of color. Extraordinary welcome, a, a missional hub from where we go, advancing the nations, extending Alpha, empowering us as everyday missionaries, and to always remember the poor, the disadvantaged, those on the margins, at the very core of what we do. That's the immediate roadmap. If you've not heard those before, then go back and look at our website. Go back, look at our podcast, video, uh, YouTube, whatever it is, and go and look up our vision, our, val our we values, and those spotlights. They are so important. Let's, let's get those into our souls ready and prepared as we emerge. Because that's the immediate roadmap. That's the big calling. We need the dynamite, dynamis power of God more than ever. This is what I feel God is speaking over, uh, over us in this next season. This passage from Isaiah really came to me powerfully. Isaiah spoke it centuries ago, but I believe it's alive and working in us right now. Here, here this jubilee as we go forward and take it to heart whenever you feel unsettled, because you will, unsettled about the direction ahead. Isaiah 55, 9 says, my intentions, Jubilee, are not always yours, and I do not go about things as you do, so be prepared to be surprised. My thoughts and my ways are above and beyond you. Get with his plan, says God. I think he's particularly saying that to us as elders, first and foremost, actually. For as the rain and snow can't go back once they've fallen, but soak into the ground and nourish the plants that grow, providing seed to the farmer and bread for the hungry, so it is when I declare something, you're not in charge. I am, have faith, says Jesus. When I, when I declare something, my word will go out and not return to me empty, but it will do what I wanted. It will accomplish what I determined. Trust in me. Faith in action. You're going to be stretched undoubtedly. But as you step out in faith, you will go out in joy, be led home in peace. And as you go, the land itself, hear this, will break out in cheers. The mountains and the hills will erupt with, with song. Sounds much better than a football match or a nightclub to me. And the trees of the fields will clap their hands in worship and praise as God, Jesus, the Holy Spirit, will be at the very core of our being, empowering us for the journey ahead. Be strong in the Lord Jubilee and in his mighty power. Thanks for listening. See you with sticks of dynamite, hey, tonight, tonight um, at the prayer meeting.